0: Hey everyone, this is the Everyday Leader podcast, where we hear from inspiring individuals building and leading teams across Africa. Today I speak with Benny Iwright from Nigeria. She is the Manager for Enforcement at the Nigeria Social Insurance Trust Fund, where she has worked for the past nine years. She also hosts a podcast called Upshift with Benny, where she tells the stories of change makers in the Delta region. Benny and I spoke about what it's like to be a manager in a civil service organization and the types of responsibilities that don't show up on a job description. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Benny. Welcome to the Everyday Leader podcast. Really excited to speak with you today. Welcome to our show.
1: Hello, Chris, and nice to be invited.
0: So you are the manager of enforcement at the Nigeria Social Insurance Trust Fund. Uh, Really uh, interested to dive into that role. But before we get started with that, I'd love to hear a story of your early leadership journey. Was there an experience that you've had earlier in your career that got you on this leadership path?
1: Uh, Well, yes, I had a very interesting story. That was about, um, let me say, seven, eight years ago, a few years into my job. My manager, she was also my team leader. She was on maternity leave, and then out of the blues, with no orientation, I was called on to fill her shoes. And that was also like the um, early years of my career then in NSITF. So I think I was just thrown in the deep blue sea, and how to manage a team. It actually opened me up to people because it was more like I was more like a people's manager. So. That was my early experience in managing people on a professional level and um, learning how to put people first, learning how to, um, you know, manage conflict and um, doing appraisals, decision making all at once, and that was a very beautiful experience.
0: So you you've been um, at this organization for uh, close to ten years now.
1: Okay, for ten years I've been here, and I think what really made me stick around because. Um, like I said I'm a people's person so the it affords me the opportunity to meet new people to talk to people and um, you know you know while we meet people it's a deep passion talking to them while promoting the core function of what NSITF does and in future I see myself going beyond managing teams I see myself actually making some changes effecting some changes that we, relating to policy, that would really interest me to work now at the policy levels and no more on um, a team level locally. So that's uh, 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 that, that. That's where I see myself in the next five years, five to ten years.
0: That's really interesting. Can you tell us more about what NSITF does? Uh, I'm not from Nigeria, unfortunately. I've never visited. What does it do? Uh, in in What is your team's involvement in that uh, mandate?
1: Oh, fantastic. So NSITF, we enforce the ECA, the ECA is um, Employee Compensation Act, so that act actually provides compensation to insured employees who suffer from occupational diseases, sustained injuries or disabilities. Um, Accidents at workplace, so to speak, we we, um, offer insurance during the working hours during your work life, so which is different from um, pension or PENCOM, for example. So we enforce that law into act. And my role as a manager in enforcement, firstly, is to ensure that organizations make provision for the safety of its workers, in line with ILO, International Labour Organization, that should be the list, NSITF should be the list every employer gives to a, is, um, the employees. And also, we, I provide, with the help of my team of course, we provide enlightenment and education about the scheme, what they do, and should any accident or death arise, we offer prompt and speedy compensation. So, in my organization, we have different departments. I'm in the enforcement department. We have the claims and compensation. We have the um, safety. So, we are just like a. Um, we are like, a, like, like. How would I say what I'm, I'm trying to use an analogy for this? We are like a a car moving with all the wheels going to one direction. Yes. So that's what we do.
0: So so a lot of the, the leaders that I've spoken to, the managers I've spoken to uh, across the continent uh, have worked at kind of uh, relatively early stage uh, private sector startups and companies. I'm curious, uh, you have been working at this governmental organization for uh, so, so quite some time now. What is your impression of the speed and uh, efficiency and innovation happening uh, within um, this governmental organization of yours?
1: You know, coming from the private sector, because I came in from the private sector, we, in the private sector, let's say little or no bureaucracy, bureaucracy, bottlenecks little or none there, you know, and um, usually decisions are taken unilaterally. But in a government's Um, establishment there has to be due process I never really understand why but when you deal with public funds and you deal with people you don't just um, make decisions on your own and I have um, researched other civil service public service you know locally and um, internationally and most of what sticks out is the decision-making process could be cumbersome but it's there for process because it's public funds, and there has to be accountability at the end of the day. So it's different. We don't just um, bring up policies. We don't just hire and fire like that. So everything here in the government sector is different.
0: It's really interesting to, to think about it that way, bold uh, decisions or bold bets, or at least um, execute the strategy in a way that uh, helps keep the, the strategy and the effectiveness of your mission um, going forward. Can, can you maybe share an experience of, that you've e- either had yourself or you've witnessed uh, from a, a fellow manager that, that helps show that there, there's this space for leadership in school in yeah. service?
1: Actually, um, there's, let me say, it's, it's actually very good for a leader to be able to know how to make decisions on the go. Because there are some decisions, there's some, um, let, let me say, occurrences we meet on the field. Because most times I'm on the field and I can't report to my head office, okay, what do I do in this case? So there are best scenarios and there are things I can do. Let me give you an example of something that happened recently. So we're dealing with um, compensating a client that lost um, the staff, lost a staff um, accidentally, an accident at work, and it was a very gruesome way to die. You know, at that point in time, you have to report to the office in about seven days in about this. you know, but you know that some there are some instances where that would not be feasible. but still you make allowances for that. So we are taught even as enforcement officers to recognize situations and as managers to you know, give your best decision, because at the end of the day, we're looking for the best solution possible for our clients, for the customers, for the Nigerian citizens. So not everything has to go through that due process, so to speak. But then again, it should be within the law. So that's that's about the one I, I could remember. And the, the the beautiful thing was that the, um, the family, the next of kin wasn't easily identified. So we had to send people over to where they were staying. And the way we did that was to get um, people to collaborate with us. Okay, now it's in a different state of Nigeria. This happened in Yenagoa, and that happened in Taraba. I wasn't able to go to Taraba, I mean, in the next three days. So we had to send people out there to represent us in Taraba and also do some um, baseline investigation before we could now make our own reports. So in such cases, I, I believe it's good for us to think fast and think on our feet. So I was able to do that then and the um, the, the next of kin happened to be the mother. She was able to be compensated.
0: That's definitely an illustrative story of, of how um, you can kind of step up as a leader in this type of role. Uh, you mentioned that one of your, your goals is to uh, get involved in policy. So how, as a leader and as a manager, do you continue to upskill yourself and drive that type of career progress um, going forward?
1: Well, um, I think every organization should be able to develop its staff, the employees. You know, it's all part of what is required from your organization, but personally, I think development is continuous. So I was able to do some courses on policies and practices knowing where I would like to be.
0: Amazing. So you also host uh, your own uh, podcast called Upshift with Benny. Have you learned uh, anything from speaking with the, the guests that you bring on?
1: So I learned the power of consistency, okay? And uh, I noted that no matter how talented or skilled a person is, if you're not consistent in whatever Crafts, whatever you do you'd go nowhere and consistency is even more important and powerful than talents okay so that consistency leads to growth it leads to visibility and basically that's what open doors for you what you are known for and then the second thing I learned is also that um, many successful innovations started because someone identified a need and created a unique solution for it. Because I've also interviewed lots of people on their path to where they are today. How did you start? Most of them started because they identified a solution, sorry, a need in um, the market, in the environment, in their society. And they went out there to like create a unique solutions and why, why am I saying unique solution because I mean everything to be invented has already been invented so to speak all we can do is just to build on it change it fine tune it make it more suited to your environment or more suited to your needs so that's what I mean a unique solution so I was able to learn a lot from my sessions and practicalize some of them
0: and, and how is that uh, how is the learning and the experience with the podcast um, fed back into your work? Has there been learnings that you've been able to apply to your own uh, manager role?
1: Actually, yes. I mean, it's um, so much so much learnings. For example, building interpersonal relations with my clients because I deal with, um, I relate with, and because I also, Um, relate with people in the entrepreneurship industry and entrepreneurs, I see that when my uh, um, clients who are entrepreneurs are talking about some challenges, I'm able to relate with them on that. Now, in my job description, that may not be necessary. But because I'm also a relationship manager, I should be able to help my clients profile Um, solution one way or the other and it it has made me more humane so I'm more like relatable a face that they can relate with
0: you bring up a really uh, fascinating topic around the types of work that we do that don't really show up in our job description are there other types of work that you've found yourself doing as a manager that uh, you didn't really think would be part of the role
1: actually yes like I said, being an advisor, being a business advisor wasn't something that was, um, I thought I should know about, having an understanding of politics. Bielsa is a town which is predominantly civil servant and politically inclined. So I should be able to be sensitive enough to know what to say, when to say it when not to say it. So it's a small role, so to speak, but it's something which is very vital because I learn a lot outside my field. You know, I'm going to someone new and I don't even know where that conversation would lead. So you see, I see myself reading widely, watching the news, watching television. I want to know what's happening in and outside of our environment. So I, I tend to read a lot because I meet people every day and I tend to learn a lot too because I wouldn't want to be seen as um, someone who is not, rather I would like to be seen as someone who is informed. And they believe that by they trusting their wealth, their resources to NSITF, and I'm the face of NSITF because I'm the NSITF that they know. So when they come to me and I'm well informed, about finances, about politics, or about anything which is important to them, then I think they are more comfortable to um, relate with me. And I've had this experience over the years. And I don't just keep it to myself. Um, Like yesterday, I had a meeting with my team. And we were like a goal-setting team and asking them, okay, what were their challenges? And this is what I have done so far that has brought me this far. They may want to also um, do the same or copy and you know adjust to fit their own schedule. So, yeah, I, I read widely.
0: That's great. Uh, and, and how many uh, team members do you oversee at this point?
1: I have about two teams. My first team... Is um, we go on fields together, so we are about um, 10, a team of 10 people. Then in my enforcement units, there are about um, roughly 12 people, so 10 on one hand and 12 on the other hand.
0: And, and how do you balance uh, your management of those two different teams?
1: It's just like wearing two different caps, and their the, the, the roles are clearly defined very clearly defined. It doesn't in any way affect the other. So the first team is um, basically what every NSITF um, staff officer does, which is, to infer, um, which is to enforce or to drive our goal. So everybody should belong to that sort of team. And the second team it has to do with my units where we process um, the ECS Documents. We handle the documentation processes. So you see, that's two clearly different things we have. And also because I, um, let me say I organize myself, I organize my team, so it works very well independent of me. I'm able to give them the decision-making abilities and um, coach them to be independent of me being there physically, being there at every time. So that way I'm able to deliver on both assignments.
0: Amazing. Um, This has been really interesting to hear about uh, your career journey, uh, how you have embraced this role uh, in uh, civil service, and then how you have also uh, embraced podcasting as a way to um, give back, but also to learn and continuously learn as you look ahead to what you can also achieve in the future. Is there anything else that you would want to share with our audience?
1: I would just like to talk about the future of NSITF, the future of what we do, um, how it relates to the future of work globally, because there's a concern about the future of work. So we see that most times the informal sector is being ignored, so to speak, in lots of things having to do with, um, let's say, policies, for example. We see informal sector, and the informal sector contributes about 65% of the GDP. They are taxpayers inclusive, but then again, they hardly um, enjoy other benefits that the formal sector enjoys. So what we try to do at NSITF is also to see how we can support the informal sector to see that they also benefit from um, our goal, our drive, which is also to provide compensation in case of deaths or um, accidents while at work. And because the informal sector most of the time it comprises of businesses like hairdressers, taxi drivers, plumbers, business owners, we see that there is no structure. But we are trying to work out a structure whereby they would be included in the benefits that we have to offer. And also as a podcaster, most of the people I speak with are business owners, innovators in the informal sector. So there's so much potential out there. And it's something that the government can you know, tap from if we decide to structure our informal sector develop our informal sectors and put policies in place that would support the growth and development of that informal st- sector
0: amazing that's it's really uh, inspiring to hear from from you and and uh, what the the mandate and mission is and how your organization is kind of embracing the future and making sure that it's playing its its role uh, so thank you so much uh, for for sharing and Uh, Looking forward to continuing to follow you on your leadership journey.
1: Thank you so much, Chris, and it was lovely chatting with you today.